Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show with your host, Autumn Miles. Autumn Miles is an author, speaker, wife, and mother. She's the founder and CEO of Autumn Miles Ministries and the author of Appointed and I Am Rahab. Autumn's vision is to engage our culture with the bold truth of God, coupled with raw faith. Now, here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, this is Autumn with the Autumn Miles Show. How are you guys doing out there today? Love you guys so much. Listen, we have these society groups. That is the discipleship side of our ministry. You know, the Great Commission is go and evangelize and make disciples. We evangelize and evangelize and evangelize, but it is incredibly important to me that we are also making disciples in our ministry. And society groups is how we are doing this. Um, We have asked anyone that would like to be a part of Autumn Miles Ministries to and and lead a group in their home or an event, because a lot of these happen at churches too, um, to simply contact us. You can contact us through any of our social media pages and also hello at autumnmiles.com. That is the email that you can reach us at. Um, These women, hundreds in the last couple of months, hundreds of women have stepped up. And I'm super excited when we get to thousands because I know that God just continues to multiply these these leaders. But these groups are are offering um, anyone who wants, any woman who wants to partake in women's ministry, really, because you bring sort of ministry to your house. So if you are interested in hosting a group, you like I said, you can reach out to us on any of our social media or hello at autumnmiles.com. We would love for you to get involved. We have a group in Dallas that I speak at every single month. Um, you can go to Autumn Miles Facebook and there is an event for every single month that you can uh, come to and uh, RSVP to and meet us right there at our own group. Sometimes the location changes, um, but we, we do have a group every month. These are so precious to us, and we're so thankful for all God is doing through them. Um, I want to get to this word expect today. Expect, expect, expect expectation is one of those things where, you know, you get a promise from God, but when you get a promise from God, um, you believe it. It's, it's really easy to believe for a first two, maybe two days. Okay. Super easy. You're like on your, I got a promise from God high, you know, you're like super excited about, oh my goodness, God told me he was going to do that. Then day three sets in and Satan comes to knock on the door of your mind and he starts putting questions in your mind. Did God really say that? Well, how is he going to do that? Well, that's stupid. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, are you sure it was God and not you? Oh my gosh, that's the age old one. Uh, How do I know that it's not me wanting something or God's not saying something? Okay. So these are all these things that, that Satan starts putting in your mind. And somewhere along the way, this happens a lot. We hear, we get, we are mauled with comments on faith and standing on promises and all that kind of, everyone wants to stand on a promise, but about after about four days, they stop standing and they start like, you know, 
hopping off of where they're standing and and doubting and then they're on their floor crying and I mean, you know, it's just ridiculous. We want to stand on our promise. We want to believe that God does what he says he can do. But there has to be a mental shift, okay? When God gives us anything and he says anything, yes, faith is a part. I believe God will do what he says he is going to do. But you have to expect him to. You have to actually not just believe that he will. And and I think sort of this word belief has gotten watered down. And we just say, you know, I'm believing for you or I believe he will. Or, you know, now it's just kind of like I'm praying for you, which is one of those things that we say. But in order to receive, you have to be watching in expectation for when God moves, you have to expect it. Um, uh, there is something on the other side of your expectation from God. There is something that is sitting there waiting for you. The, 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 the answer to your, your promise is sitting right there. But are you actually expecting God to do it? I am so done with throwing around the word, oh, I believe God, we're on believing for you or, you know, this, that, and the other. I, I expect if he said it, I cancel every doubt in my mind. I cancel every single question in my mind. And I have to center myself back around the word of God. Did God say it? Then I can expect it. You expect from God alone, not from your circumstances. You expect from his power alone and the word of God alone, not from what your friends are telling you. You expect from him alone. I want today this, this, and the moments that we have yet left, I want you to start expecting. I know that there are going to be some of you guys out there that are listening to this that that are just saying, it's so hard to expect. It's so hard. How do I expect? How do I, how do I change my way of thinking? You know what? You just do it. You just do it. There is not, we all want the special formula, but the special formula is making a decision right now in your car. If you know that God has said something to you, then you can expect exactly what he says he is going to do. Um, One of the things that I say all the time uh, back to the Lord is when something comes in my life or when I'm and I've stood on many, many promises and have received many, many promises based on just the the simple faith and simple expectation that God is going to do exactly what he says. My prayer now is not how are you going to? My prayer is this. This is your issue to work out. Not Lord, but how, Lord, how are you going to do this? But how are you going to accomplish this on my behalf? But Lord, I don't understand. I didn't get that promotion. And I figured that was the path to whatever. No, 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 no. My prayer now is if you said it, I believe it. And it's not my problem. It's your problem, God, to work out through my life. But we consistently go back to the but how, but how. But how? God's not going to tell you how. He's just going to do for you. It's not my problem. It's your problem. I have decided, and this is not like, I'm not blowing myself up here. This is simple faith, okay? 
I let God figure out the issues in my life and I expect him to. I have been completely um, challenged. um, Just my spirit is renewed every time I read from Habakkuk. I have shared this multiple times. But Habakkuk is a perfect example of expecting from God alone. Expecting from God alone. We want to expect from another source because another source would be tangible. Another source would be um, easier to ask questions to, easier to watch the process. But Habakkuk expected from not any other source but God alone. And it was his expectation in no other source but God alone that got him an answer. I want to read this to you today in Habakkuk 1. It says this, uh, the oracle, I'm just going to start the first verse, 1-1. One, one. The oracle which Habakkuk the prophet saw. This is what Habakkuk prayed in Habakkuk 1-2. How long, O Lord? How many of us are right here? This is, this is like me, like every day. How long, O Lord, will I call for help and you will not hear? I cry out to you violence, yet you do not save. Why do you make me see iniquity and cause me to look on wickedness? Yes, destruction and violence are before me. Strife exists and contention arises. Therefore, the law is ignored. Justice is never upheld for the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, justice comes out of the perverted. Habakkuk, let me me make this plain to you guys today. He's sitting in Habakkuk 1 and he is crying out to the Lord and he is talking to God, not his mom, not his dad, not anybody else other than the source. And he's saying, how long am I going to have to wait? How long am I going to see wickedness take place? And, 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 and you not answer. He is raw before the Lord. I think sometimes we forget that God does not want some plastic version of you. He wants you to be raw. That's one of the things I love about Habakkuk and something that has really challenged my own prayer life is that I don't have to come to God all fancied up. I don't, I, you know, I, I sometimes I just start talking and I'm so angry, but I am praying at the same time. God wants us raw before him because he knows in the most, uh, uh, in the most raw, most um, un plastered places of our life. That's when we are ready to receive from him alone. I love this about Habakkuk. He really teaches us something about prayer here. Um, Listen, don't come to God with your big fancy white robe um, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees did with their, with their, you know, gold and this and that. Come to God raw. Listen, I've been praying. You haven't been answering. I've called out to you. I haven't seen you. Where are you at in my situation? How many of you guys are sitting, listening to this today saying, you know what? That is exactly where I am. I have prayed and prayed and prayed for my husband and I I just don't see anything. I prayed and prayed and prayed for my child who is sick and I just don't see anything. I prayed and prayed and prayed for whatever. And I was like, if that is you, God already knows that that's how you're feeling. You don't have to come to him with a plastic version of yourself. Simply say to him, how long, oh Lord, are you going to delay? And this is what Habakkuk does in Habakkuk 2. 
He's asking the Lord because Israel was a total disaster. I could go into all the whatever of Israel, but just so you know, Israel equals disaster at this point. And Habakkuk, the prophet, is crying out for God um, to to answer him and, 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 and help Israel. Habakkuk 2. This is where the expectation comes in. Habakkuk goes to the Lord and, you know, we can be bold. The Bible says become boldly before the throne of grace. Bold, bold, bold. Somewhere along the lines, someone has caught the idea that we come wimpy before the throne. We have to come wimpy. No, no, no. Boldly. And that's exactly what Habakkuk did. He says this. I will stand on my guard. I'm going to stand on my guard post. I'm going to station myself on the rampart. I'm going to keep watch to see what he will speak to me. I'm going to stop right here for a minute. I'm going to position myself. I'm going to keep watch and listen. I'm going to watch every area of my life right now. And I'm going to watch and I'm going to wait and I'm going to listen because nothing else is working. But God, because you are who you say you are and because I know you've done what I've heard you've done, I'm going to keep watch. So I, because I know that if an answer comes from you, it will be the answer that I need in order to bring myself hope. I'm going to keep watch. I'm going to ask you today in your situation, God may have been speaking to you, but have you been expecting him to by keeping watch? Has there been an opportunity? Let me just, uh, this might be a little challenging to you today, but you know what? Bold truth, raw faith. Um, Has there been an opportunity in your destitute marriage that that looks as if it is dead? Has there been an opportunity for someone to come to speak life to your husband or to your wife that you have overlooked or bypassed because of pride? Has there been an opportunity um, in your financial situation for someone to come along and help uh, that you have bypassed because uh, of, 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 of maybe pride in that situation as well? Has there been an opportunity for you not to buy that piece of merchandise knowing you can't afford it, but you bypassed it because you let your feelings get to you? God might have been trying to, to help you all along the way, but you just weren't keeping watch. The thing that is so amazing about Habakkuk is that he stationed himself himself in a place. His mind was charged. It was sharp. It was looking for God alone to speak in whatever way he was going to speak. It was looking for an opportunity to see God's glory, to encourage his heart, to save the nation of Israel. But he had to keep watch in order to do it because sometimes God moves in incredibly subtle ways. What we disregard as something that is small, God sees as something that is profound that you have just brushed off because it wasn't big enough to catch your attention. If you are in a Habakkuk stance where you stand and keep watch, you are looking for the little things. You're looking for the little because you you understand that Jesus came as a baby. You understand that Jesus is the one that took the little five loaves and two fishes and multiplied it and fed 5,000. You're looking for the little opportunities. Are you looking for the little? Are you keeping watch so intently on our Father that you are looking for the little? This little thing in your life might be 
something he is asking of you to do. You know, no one was knocking down my door to have me come anywhere when uh, I was freshly kicked out of my church. Um, Nobody. (laughs) Church didn't even want me. That's not funny. But thank God I'm, I'm far past that. So I was looking for the little. God, if you give me a small group of two people, I will minister like it's 20,000. God, if you give me the opportunity to speak to my neighbor, I'm going to preach to my neighbor about the presence of God and the gospel as if I am preaching to the entire nation. I was looking for the little. We look for the big. Oh, wow, that email, I'm going to make $50,000 on one deal or, you know, whatever it is. We're looking for the big, but we don't understand that Jesus typically offers us opportunity in little form. Look through scripture, read through scripture. That's what happens when we expect from God alone. Number one, you have to keep watch in order to see him move. You have to understand that that the way he moves is typically in a little way first in stewardship. According to the New Testament, when you steward small things, they always give way to bigger things. That is a scriptural principle that you can apply to your life in every version of your life. But Habakkuk was looking for the big, but he was also keeping watch so he wouldn't miss the little. I will station myself, he says, in a position and keep watch to see what he will speak to me. Because don't you know, sometimes God's voice comes in the little. Maybe it's one word. Maybe it's one verse. But I'm going to keep watch in what he says. I'm going to keep watch in how he moves. And that expectation, y'all, blew God's mind. It is in the audacious expectation of a child that has completely silenced all doubt that stirs the heart of God. What does the New Testament said? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It is impossible. You cannot do it without faith. If you're not exhibiting faith, you're not pleasing God because the Bible says it is impossible. So Habakkuk was standing there and all the faith that little prophet had. He said, I'm going to station myself. I will not move. I will not be moved. I will not shirk back. I will not sit down. I'm going to stand here. I'm going to see what he's going to say to me. I'm not. I I am done doubting. I I will not move Jesus until you speak. And then what happened? Then Habakkuk 2. Oh, I'm obsessed with this. This is my life passage, by the way. I have lived on this since um, 2003. Then the Lord answered me and said there was something about his audacious expectation that stirred the very spirit of God on his behalf. I'm going to look for the little. I'm going to look for the big. I'm not going to move, Lord, until you speak. I'm not going anywhere. And exactly what he said, I'm going to station myself, is when the Father God stirred himself up. Then the Lord answered me and said with an answer, he said, I want you to record the vision. Inscribe it on tablets 
that the one who reads it may run. Uh, in, in that day, they had runners basically that would take a tablet and that would run it from place to place. So that's what he's talking about right here. That one who, who, who reads it may run for the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal. It will not fail though. It tarries wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay for as the proud one, the soul is not right within him, but the righteous will live by faith. The Lord answered when Habakkuk got to a point where he audaciously expected God to move. It wasn't before, even when he was complaining. It was when he stationed and positioned himself in a place where, um, where he expected God alone for him to move. You know, um, it's interesting when we expect God to move, to answer, to meet us, to greet us, to involve himself in our situation, when we invite him and expect him to do so, um, we, we do, we do. And I, I am living proof of this. So I can say that on the authority of my own life, we do experience a miraculous life. I, um, specifically with my, with, um, with what I do for a living, no one was inviting me, but I looked for the little and I expected God to be big on behalf of my little. A little opportunity gave way and gave way and gave way. And it's still giving way because he's still working on me. It's still giving way for bigger. But I will never forget the day that I got the, the absolute ultimate yes. That day, I, did not, I had not started praying and I had not stationed myself the day I got the yes. I had stationed myself 10 years previous believing, expecting God to do it in the only way that he could make it happen. I didn't know a lot, but I knew my God. I didn't know how, but I knew who God was and what he said he was going to do. One of the things that um, that is so incredibly important is that we get caught up on, God, how are you going to do this? How are you going to make this happen? Lord, how? Jesus, how? What do I need to do? And we start hustling on behalf of our own promise that wasn't even authored by us to begin with. You know what? I learned a long time ago that you have to surrender the how. The how is not your problem. The how is not not your responsibility. If God told you how, you couldn't do it anyway because he's the one that has to move in hearts and minds to manipulate circumstances. I learned back in 2001, Autumn, if you would just surrender the how to me and cling to the who that is me, you're going to see it. And sure enough, he has done that over and over and over and over and over again. I want you to know that when you expect God to work on your behalf, miracles, I'm not just saying this to be some fluffy whatever. I've lived it. My family's lived it. My parents have lived it. My brother has lived it. I know people that have lived this, okay? This is not just pre fancy preacher talk. This is 
the way you actually do bring heaven to earth. You expect God to operate for you on this planet the way he operates in heaven. So don't turn off the radio because I'm telling you, miracles can be a way of life for you when you operate in the little, when you expect from the little, because God is your big on your behalf. Let me tell you something. David's expectation of God met the power of God with a stone. Joshua's expectation of God showing up met the power of God at Jericho. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's expectation of the power of God, that what he could do met them right there at the fiery furnace. Abraham and Sarah, when Sarah went into labor pains, Abraham's expectation of God met the power of God via uh, uh, the birth of Isaac. When you stop asking and start expecting, that is when miracles Not fancy preacher talk, y'all. That is when actual miracles are a way of life for you. So what do you need to station yourself to watch and to listen for God to intervene for today? What is it? He's there. But you might not be stationed station to expect. Love you guys. I'll see you tomorrow right back here on The Autumn Mile Show. Thanks so much for listening today. The Autumn Mile Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of Autumn Miles' book, Appointed. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening and join us next time for The Autumn Mile Show on The Word 100.7 FM.